I'm Julie Rose, and this is Top of Mind. I have been a radio journalist for two decades, but a few years ago, I found myself avoiding the news for long stretches because of how depressing and divisive it all seems. I still wanted to be informed and engaged on important issues, though, and I figured I couldn't be alone in that. So we created this podcast. Each week, we tackle one tough topic in a way that will challenge you, help you feel more empathy, and empower you to become a better citizen, a kinder neighbor, and a more effective advocate. Today, we are back with another conversation in our Stick With It series. Being able to stay open and curious, to stick with the discomfort that's natural when we're confronted with a challenging perspective, turns out to be really important in breaking free of the polarization that plagues our society right now. Listening to Top of Mind each week is a chance to practice that. And in this special Stick With It conversation series, we talk with people about how they are developing that skill, how they have practiced it in their own lives. I'm so pleased to be joined now by MacArthur Krishna. She is an author and a brand consultant. Several of her books have been published by Deseret Book. MacArthur, welcome. Thank you so much for taking time today. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. I am so glad you reached out. (laughs) You heard another Stick With It conversation on the series, and something resonated. What was it? What was it about this idea that resonated for you? I think for me, listening to your introduction, I had such a similar trajectory where I had always been an engaged person. I lived in Washington, D.C., and like the quintessential person in D.C. is engaged. Like Everyone's there because they're passionately working on something. So I've spent a big chunk of my life engaged on various different social issues. But like you, had this period of time where I just could not take any more divisiveness in my life. And it's easy to point to external and say, oh, this and this and this was making me feel divisive. I realized in my life, there are ways that I was being dismissive of others. And so when I heard your Stick With It podcast, I thought, oh, yeah. (laughs) And your Stick With It story centers on something that a lot of people, I think, can relate to who are in faith communities. Differences of interpretation of doctrine, various varying levels of comfort with different certain portions of the set of beliefs that your yeah. community adheres yeah. to. Um, so so kind of lay it out for us. Lay out, lay out the basic contours of this disagreement that you have been very personally and professionally engaged in for the last couple of years. So I was raised in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and both of my parents were as well. Um, they're from the West. Um, my mom is of pioneer stock. Um, and But our family had shifted to the East, And so it was interesting growing up because we were growing up in a place where being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints was not common in the town that I was in. And so my mom always said to me, don't worry, when you get to BYU, you'll find all the people that look and think like you. And then I hit BYU and realized that even though we're all of the same faith, our interpretations of that practice and our experiences that brought us to how we practice are very, very different. And so I, from a fairly young age, realized that I would, could be a member of this church and look, talk, think, approach things in a very different way, right? So I didn't have this need to have everybody be on the same page as I was because underscore, I thought we're all the same church and that's okay to have this diversity of thought and still be, you know, faithful practicing members. Well, this kind of um, plurality of thinking hit 
the fan, I would say, because for the last few years, I have been working on and um, in the throes of learning about my mother in heaven. So this is an LDS doctrine of our church. Uh, There's a gospel topics essay that was written in 2013 and then was reiterated in general conference in April 2022 by Elder Redland saying, this is our doctrine. We believe we have a mother in heaven and the gospel topics essay is where we find this information about her. And the Gospel Topics essay is published on the church's official website, is endorsed by the church. And is labeled, this is our doctrine, right? So what was interesting to me is that we, my co-author and I, Bethany Brady Spaulding, had come to this point because we had written a Girls Who Choose God series with Desert Book about women from the scriptures, you know, women from the Bible, women from the Book of Mormon, women from church history, Because our daughters, Bethany's daughter had been three, and she'd said, Mom, where are the stories about the girls? I want to read stories about the girls. When she'd picked up a cartoon book of stories from the scriptures, and there hadn't been a story about a girl in there. So we started writing these books for our daughters. Well, those daughters grew up over those years and started to ask more questions, probing questions about who they are and what their worth is and who are they going to become. And we realized that the answer to all of these questions— rested in the doctrine of our mother in heaven. So the gospel doctrine essay, the gospel topics essay says that heavenly mother and heavenly father are divine pattern. It says heavenly mother is the divine destiny. It says she's the eternal prototype for women. So this is a really important idea for a girl, a tween who is wrestling through trying to figure out what is her divine identity. Our ultimate female role model, according to the gospel topics essay, is our mother in heaven. So this seemed to be a crucial component to teach our daughters. So this becomes a a personal passion for you, um, a topic of conversation within your family. But also, as you have been publishing these books, you you then start looking to publish and begin to publish books about Heavenly Mother. In fact, you've got a couple with Deseret Book. Um, Our Heavenly Family, Our Earthly Families talks about Heavenly Mother. And you have a two-part children's book, A Girl's Guide to Heavenly Mother and A Boy's Guide to Heavenly Mother. Again, published by Deseret Book, which is a publishing arm of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And yet, um, some you get some blowback. So here's what was so fascinating to us is that here we have this doctrine that is giving us so much joy. We are joyous. (laughs) Like we hear this, we pause and we think about it. We teach it to our daughters and we feel just this absolute lift and gratitude for the truthfulness of knowing that this is um, what we believe in and what the vision we have to offer ourselves and the pattern that the Gospel Topics essay sets up for men and women to work together. So this is not just a doctrine for women, right? It also talks about the divine pattern of men and women working together. It talks about Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother working side by side. So this revolutionizes all sorts of things in really vital ways. So here we are on a personal project, and then we publish about it, and we are literally like bouncing in our seats because we're so joyous with this kind of information. So imagine our surprise when all of a sudden we hit this wall of concern, this wall of people who don't want to talk about this, this wall of people who say, is that even our doctrine? Right? I'm not sure about this. What is your inclination when you start having people say, oh, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't talk about this, or this is borderline heretical? So this is where I hit that truth moment where all of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm being part of the problem because I'm being dismissive. 
So part of the issue in polarization is that you don't pause or get curious long enough to understand why that person thinks differently than you. You just assume you're right. And so how and that's you, where you were. That was your exactly, inclination. Exactly. I'm like, I'm right. <laughs> right? Like, Did you act on that? I mean, was that your stance initially? Like you spent some time in that place. I think I spent some time in that place um, where I was so educated about this, right? So... I, so I have a meeting with a state president who says, hey, we'd like to have you come talk about this doctrine, but I'm nervous about this. And I said, okay. But in my head, I'm thinking, come on, this is our doctrine. Haven't you read the Gospel Topics essay? And then he says, well, I'm an engineer, so I don't know anything about this. <laughs> so he was actually showing more maturity on the topic than I was, right? Hmm. He showed a better model to me about how to approach something that he did not know about. And I— and that he was uncomfortable asked. with. Yeah. He was in, but the fact that he was—and so a state president of, is, is a, you know, like a regional congregational leader of, you know, m- m- at least a thousand congregants, right? And yep. and him him deciding to put himself into that position and also to sort of be open and humble about it and say, it, I'm a little un- unsure on this, but yeah. I- I'd like to understand. What, I mean, he was sticking with it. <laughs> he was sticking with it, and he was showing me a better model, right? So that I had— to pause and be like, oh, if he's willing to be humble and curious, I need to be willing to be patient, right? Okay. And so I okay. need to be willing to come to the table as as humbly as what he did. So that kind of set me in a new path. And that path literally changed than how this topic would go. So after mm-hmm. that meeting, after that interaction, I was in a separate meeting with um, an editor of a publication. And he said, a lot of our people have concerns about this. Well, because I was already primed. <laughs> and it's a faith-based publication. Right. So they focus on lots of different um, societal topics, but through a lens of faith. And so I said, yeah, I'd be willing to write an article with you. Let's do this. And so we spent four months intensely going back and forth where the first round of questions came and I was like, oh, good golly, right? So then we wrote back the answers and they said, this sounds really defensive. I'm like, well, because your sounds really attacking, right? Like, And so we really had to go back to the very, very beginning of the drawing board and say, what do we actually want to communicate here? Let's be very authentic about what concerns are and very authentic about the joy. So let's let's meet each other in the middle. And this was literally a four-month intensive process. This was not just a discussion. This was wrangling. And so, and so, and in this process, then you there, the 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 magazine editor was bringing to you or asking questions that you felt that made you feel defensive, uh, made you feel, or that, that you wanted to just be like, how can you think that? Like I already answered that. <laughs> like like yes. why is this an issue for you, right? Yes, all the feelings that you regularly have in all of these moments when you're like, you literally think in your mind, what is wrong with you, right? Yeah. <laughs> So here's kind of the next step that happened in this process. After we finished this intense wrangling, they said, we'd like some of the women um, from our organization to review this as well. And we said, okay, sure, let's have that conversation. And here's what's beautiful that came out from that. And here's what I actually think is the, the pinnacle of this experience and why it works with the stick with it. Is again, in those conversations, the women brought to the table life experiences so different from mine not anything I've ever experienced. And so all of a sudden, I had the opportunity to see why they considered this doctrine from a completely different angle than I considered it. So one of the women at the beginning of this process literally said, I have a knee-jerk reaction against Heavenly Mother because X, Y, Z. And her X, Y, Z was nothing I'd ever experienced. So I thought, oh, well, that's really interesting. And another woman came to the table and said, here's what I'm seeing from my perspective. But what's interesting is after this conversation with them, it wasn't just a matter of one conversation. 
About a year later, I was invited to Faith Matters to have a, a conversation about concerns on Heavenly Mother. And in my so head— this is I, another, another faith, faith-based conversation, a podcast, an organization. Yes. But what I found is that I called those women up. And I said, hey, remember that conversation we had a year ago? Is there anything else you'd like me to add to this? Is there anything else from your perspective? And for me, what was so important about this was my own internal shift, where I'd entered that conversation like, how can you possibly not be joyous about this, right? Even though I still did not share the perspective, even though we kind of agreed to disagree on some things, that's the very lowest hanging fruit. What ended up happening is I trusted their heart and they trusted mine. So the empathy that we're talking about is the goal of the stick with it, is this moment where you have the opportunity to not necessarily agree, but you have the opportunity to trust another person's heart. And so when I found myself in a situation where I needed to again consider concerns on this topic, I knew two people I could call who trusted my heart and I trusted theirs. So all of that four months of writing, wrangling, and all of these intense conversations, what resulted in sitting down to that table, what resulted from the sticking with it, was that I had comrades, right? Hmm. I had sisters in faith in a way that I had not had before. And so I really appreciate that the end of this, it's not that we all came to an agreement, but that we all maybe took a little step closer to one another, but even more importantly, we emotionally had this connection that we could rely on from there on out. And I know, I mean, they've, they've talked about in our women's organization, whether or not a sister's name would be safe with you. Do we have each other's backs, right? So when people talk about my name and they say, MacArthur Krishna, she's doing all this stuff on Heavenly Mother. I'm not sure about her. These women who still carry concerns can say, oh, I know her, right? I know her heart. And on the flip side, when I need to talk to someone who has concerns, because I'm going to be in a situation where this is going to be discussed, I know their heart. I can go to them and say, lay it on me. What do I need to think about and talk about? Give me a perspective I don't have. So both of us with a sense of humility and mutual appreciation have come to a part where we have joined hearts. And to me, that's a vital shift in how I was interacting in the world. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And I think it's not even just a lesson for religious communities. So working in business. So I work as an international business consultant. So I'm frequently talking to people who come from different cultures. And so trying to say to someone, let's talk about this kind of messaging and being able to hear back, why or why not this messaging doesn't work in this location? Again, like we're all brothers and sisters. We're all coming to the table trying to work on a um, synergistic goal, but we're all bringing really different stuff to the table. So for me, this is, of course, my my faith is paramount, and in this conversation, that's what we're talking about. For But for me, it has professional as well as faithful application. MacArthur Krishna is a brand consultant and author. Her books, co-written with Bethany Brady Spalding, include Girls Who Choose God and a two-part children's book, also published by Deseret Book. The two books are A Girl's Guide to Heavenly Mother and A Boy's Guide to Heavenly Mother. Thanks again, MacArthur. I appreciate it. Thank you. And we'd love to hear about a stick with it story in your life, encountering a perspective or a situation that challenges your way of seeing things and finding a way to stay curious in that rather than get defensive and shut down. How'd it come about? What was the result of sticking with that discomfort? I'd love to hear it. Email topofmind at byu.edu with your story. I'm Julie Rose. We'll talk soon.